Hello, and welcome to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast, where we show amazing women how to attract the perfect partner for them by embracing and showcasing their authenticity. Hi, everyone. Hi, Pernima. Hi, Amy. Guys, Pernima is back for round two of Indian matchmaking, which is really round three of Indian matchmaking, but round two with Purnima. So we are here tonight to talk about episodes five and six. We are super excited because these are really, really good ones. We we have a couple of new people who are rolling out tonight. And oh my God, we just let, just to let you guys know that we're actually 36 minutes into our recording that we're cutting out the first 36 minutes because we were just BSing for 36 minutes. BSing, maybe a little trash talking. (laughs) Total trash talking, yeah. So I say BSing. Basically, we were talking in a way that we we probably can't put all that into the podcast just to kind of get our bearings straight. And that's not even taking into account the text messages that were going back and forth whilst watching and catching up on these past two episodes. So, so much to talk about. um, And so many things that came up in regards to dating and relationships and the state of dating and, and what do you want to do in order to get into the relationship that you want to have for the rest of your life. And oh my God, Guys, we meet Akshay (laughs) and his mom, who it kind of seems like he wants to marry. I mean, it definitely seems like the mom. Kind of? Kind of seems like he wants to marry. I mean, it's like. I think he says it. It's like. he says. It's like really creepy. It's so creepy. I mean, part of the time, like, listen, part of the time I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a get out of language barrier jail free card right so i'm kind of no there's no language barrier the the guy like went to boston for college and also like (laughs) indians like most foreigners like understand english like way better than americans do so i'm not giving him a pass on that okay so well i'm okay i need to find the line because i feel like there was something and i was like "Mm, did we miss a word here in this sentence and like you actually meant something else um but he says something that I think is very close to, I, I want to marry my mom. I mean, he does say that they're like, he says he's like, I, he, he says something like, I'm extremely close to my mom and something that he's like, probably like weirdly close to her. And I was like, you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you said it. I will find it. So why do, okay. So it sounds like we're starting with Akshay. Um, Akshay, you so guys. Akshay. It starts off. It starts off with his brother pressuring him, um, and he's kind of like just ignoring his brother. Um, and Akshay, in and of himself, is like an interesting, for lack of a better word, person. In the sense that, like, I can't get a read on him. Like, is he ignoring people, or is he not hearing people? Like, I can't. So his brother's kind of like talking to him and he's like, it's time to get married. And he, and Akshay's kind of like, do you like my jeans? You know, he's, and I'm like, is he actively ignoring him or can he, is he literally like missing the conversation? I mean, um, 
he just he categorizes himself as an introvert and like I think that might be an understatement like he may be like an extreme introvert right so he talks about how he went to school in Boston but like when and so we also meet his extremely overbearing mother and when I say extremely overbearing like that is way an understatement like she's beyond extremely overbearing so I just thought it was interesting because he talks about how when he was away at school so like half a world away at school that he spent his time like studying and in the tutoring center and never really dated and like that's fine if you don't want to date but like I sort of like, well, if I had an extremely overbearing parent and then I was like half a world away from them, like I might go to a keg party or two. I don't know. Like, you know, so I thought that was like, you know, maybe his introversions, like not just like, oh, he's an introvert, but like an extreme introvert. I don't know. You're the therapist. So, So, yeah. So there are a couple of things. Like, first of all, he did say, I never, I never felt about a person like this. Like I, I've never been, I've never, I, he said, I feel about like, and it sounded like, like when we say like in love, like that kind of like, like Hollywood, like giddiness about, mm-hmm. right. Right. So he said, he's never felt like that about another person. He feels that, but he said he's had that feeling about like a project, you know, or like, like um, I forgot, he gave some other example, like some, there are things that he wakes up feeling that way about, but it's not another person. Right. And he's 25. So it's not necessarily weird that he never would have been in love. Right. Like that's, I don't think weird. I think it sounds like he's never even had like a crush. Yes. That's where I'm feeling like, Hmm. Right. Now, if you're an introvert or there's like an introvert, I don't know if it is. That's how he described himself. Right. He described himself as an introvert. I, if you have an extreme, extreme fear of, of people outside of your circle potentially hurting you, right, you can build up enough of a wall that you just don't look past your circle. You kind of like create a world within your circle. So there's that. Or, I mean, I don't know. Did he not have any friends? Like, it's one thing if you didn't have any relationships, like you weren't like with anybody. We don't know. And I don't know with whatever he was doing when he was there, how much of it, if there's a camera in front of you and you know it's going to be shown on TV and you have a very controlling mother and you know your mother's going to be watching it, um, yeah, how much true. you're going to be sharing? Right. I don't know. I don't um, know. But he does. He seems very, um, even like, even when his cousin comes to sit with him with the with the cake, right? She brings him like a brownie or like a cake or whatever yeah. and he's talking... Like, she's trying to joke with him. She's so, like, kind of, like, laid back and, like, oh, like, your mother's controlling you. And he's, like, he's kind of, like, ha, 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 no. She says, I have to get married in a year. And I'm, like, is he joking or is he, like, no, she says. He was almost, like, childlike. Like, there was, like, a a lack of desire to to be independent. Like, a real... Which again, is that cultural? Is that I don't like know. A, a cultural? you know? It's interesting, right? Because he talks about things like when he's away in Boston, he's like, "Yeah, like you know, like 
there was no one to make my bed or do my laundry or like get my meals. And so he's clearly from like a very wealthy family in India, right? Where like he growing up, it appears right. Like that there were people like doing all of that stuff for him. And like just his, he and his mother both say, right? Like that's his expectation. Once he gets married is that he would like live in his mom's house and all of those things would be taken care of for him. Like still right by, you know, the wife and the servants and, you know, whomever else. So I, you know, maybe that like adds to the whole sort of, you know, childlike personality where, you know, you're just sort of, you, you don't really have to grow up. Somebody's just, you don't have to take care of your own shit. Right. And I, and, and from that, I mean, I get, zero about Akshay's personality. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure he has a real identity, right? Like even when Seema, Seema asks him separate and apart from his, his mother, right? Like what he's looking for. And he's literally like, I don't know. Ask my mom. Right. They'll choose for me. And you're sort of like, like, there's no, like your mom's not there. Your dad's not there. Your brother's not there be like I don't know I even something uh, at that point I would have been like even something like superficial like I want someone who's tall or someone who's you know like got blue eyes or whatever like at that point I would have taken anything like somebody who likes movies I don't know like so in in counseling you get something that's called you look for like something when when people are non-congruent so you get Akshay, who's saying, yes, I, I, I love my mom and I want to do whatever she wants me to do. And then you get 70 to 80, I think it was, matches sent to him and he refuses all of them. So that's, that's non-congruent. Do you see the yeah, incongruency yeah. there? Right. So he, you're saying one thing, but you're doing something else. So he is, he's in there. <laughs> and what he's actually, his actions are telling us is that he does not want to get married. But what his actions are also telling us by his verbs, by his verbiage, is he also, like, does not, he feels, like, it seems like he also feels he, trapped and yeah. does not I want mean, to get married. I mean, he doesn't want to get married. I mean, I think he clearly doesn't want to get married. Like, he, you know, just doesn't seem ready, right? But he also clearly doesn't want, he feels family pressure and doesn't want to disappoint his family. I mean, they literally sit at the dinner table and her mother his mother says you have to get married so that your brother and his wife can have a baby next year. Like you have to get married this year so that they can have a baby next year. Like, right. I don't even know. We don't know. I don't know what month this is that it's filming, but she's like, you need to get married by November or December. And I'm like, what month is this that we're, you know, like, is it June? Like, I mean, what, cause I think it's close listen, to June. If it's, if, if it's a Parna and it's three days away from June. Well, what June, we, like, what, well, what, what we do know is that it's sometime less than 12 months from the end of the year in which he is supposed to <laughs> like meet someone that he likes, get engaged and get married. Right. Which seems like a lot. Right. I mean, I mean, listen, there are plenty of people who, like, have a whirlwind relationship and get married, you know, less than a year after meeting someone. But, I mean. Right. And when you, I mean, I always say this, too, when you, and I, if I could sit down with, with Preeti and, like, 
give her a Xanax and have her or a glass of wine and have her actually. That just reminded me of Ramona Singer. (laughs) Um, If I could just give her a Xanax and um, have her listen for a second, it would just be that, you know, when like you're rushing out the door and you need your car keys and you're searching all over the place and you're like really pissed off and you have to rush out and you can't find your keys. And if you would just take a deep breath, you would realize that they're when you, you take a deep breath, they're in your hands. Yes. So when you get when we get really really anxious and get really frustrated and like wrapped around like that, our brain gets really clouded, and we actually get in our own way. And she is probably in ways that she doesn't even realize getting in her own way. She's probably creating anxiety for. Um, for Akshay, for the family just in general, you know, and I know that she's not doing it on purpose. Like all she wants is for she's the probably, forward, but I mean, she, she's creating anxiety for herself. Right. Well, I mean, she clearly is because she has the, the blood pressure uh, machine at the counter in the kitchen that she takes her blood pressure and shows Akshay that her blood pressure is up and it's his fault. Um, you know, and people just are where they are. I like, I like, Seema says, like, you can't, I like that she, she has a positive spin on it. She says the saying, and I don't think it's her saying, but she says, you can't like delay a wedding date. Right. Like meaning it happens when it happens. It happens when when destiny says it's going to happen. Yeah. But I love that twist. Instead of saying like, you can't rush a wedding date, you say you can't delay it. I love that. That's such a positive flip on the same thing. It's a, it's a positive way of looking at it. But even when she, when you try to say that to Preeti, they always like, they always flip on her, like rolling her eyes. <laughs> she just like, doesn't want to hear any of that shit. She's no. like, it doesn't matter. I want her to come here. She needs to come by now. It needs to happen right now. It needs to happen yesterday. Um, and the truth is, with all the things that we learn about Preeti, like, thank God I'm 5'2", because you couldn't pay me a bazillion Well, it's funny because I have this whole text chain with like my cousins, some of my cousins' cousins and like. We're all talking about we're like I made them all watch it and they're we're all talking about it and like we're like, okay, like of the of those of us who are single, we're like, all right, who's gonna take one for the team and like marry <laughs> Akshay so we can get our hands on like, you know, the jewelry. Like, you know, like, <laughs> and everyone's like, No way, I'm not coming within ten feet of Preeti Auntie, like it's not even like you like have to, we were talking about holidays last episode. It, it's not even like you have to go there for holidays. Like you are you living have to in look that at her, house. and like she went through this whole diatribe about like the process of training her first daughter-in-law and like her expectations for the daughter-in-law and she's like you know the girl has to adjust like those are the values we've been brought up with. I mean there's a lot there's a lot. She like she was talking and I was like getting the chills like she terrifies me. Yeah, she she said stuff that I was like, oh my god! And when they showed the 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 daughter in law, I was like, does she look really tired? Or am she I looks projecting? like a freaking hostage? Is what she looks like. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> there was one point where she did pay her um, a compliment, like she said that she wanted the new the girl the new person, right? Akshay's wife, eventual wife to be like the daughter-in-law and we got like a little smile but prior to that like it looked like like I felt like we were did you see the movie get out yeah. 
like that's what I was felt like I was watching like all of a sudden like like a like a flash was gonna go off and she's gonna be like get out <laughs> so like any prospect who came into that household um it was just it was very much like nobody should be there so again like I do think that he's in, he seems uh, more comfortable around his family so yes when he says that he's an introvert I can see that I can see I also feel like again he's not he's not ready and there's all this pressure because they have like this Preeti has this timeline of when this other the baby has to come right and you can't have the baby before the wedding and like this all needs to be kind of let go like they can have their baby and there can be a wedding who even knows and, if like, they want to have a baby like we didn't get there they seem to be on board though the brothers seem to be like they didn't say anything, but they weren't like. I mean, I is know. it they, because they? Is I it, was reading. Is it because they've all been brainwashed? Like the cousins, like you've been brainwashed by your mother, and I was like, yes, that is correct. All been brainwashed. <laughs> I was like, how um, is the cousin related to them? She seems so normal in compare, like normal in my view, right? Like in my, you know, because she doesn't have to live in that house. I guess, I but like, like she's related born. somehow. Like, is her mom not like that? Like, what the heck? Well, even, even, even Preeti's friends out when she was out to lunch with them, they were like, it'll happen when it happens. It's going to, it's going to be okay. And she was just like, not having any of it, you know, like she was kind of like, they were all trying to, to some extent, normalize it and like, and like get active. And she just was not, she was just not having it from them. So I feel like She's just so well, she's wrapped just, so up. Again. She's like, listen, just pick someone. Like, what's the big? I mean, I think in her mind, she's like, just pick someone. What's the big deal? I'm going to mold her into my image anyway. Like, you know, I feel like that's her sort of subconscious thought process. And then Akshay keeps saying, like, you know, so Seema's getting annoyed because she's like, I keep sending him like all of these like great, you know, matches, and he keeps, you know, not meeting any of them. And he'll say things like, oh, like, you know, she's all dolled up in this picture. I want to see, like, a, a casual picture. And, you know, like, in a certain sense, like, he said, he he's, like, he asks, like, some of the right questions in, like, a, in a vacuum, right? Where he's, like, I'm, like, all right, like, that's fair. You know what I mean? To be, like. <laughs> but then he does the opposite. So he does, like, if you, like, if you are not, like, he's, like, if you're not. No, go ahead. Okay. If you're not ready, right? If you're not ready, or if you want to find a reason to reject right. everyone, you can always find right. a reason. It's like a parna. Right. If you want to find a reason to say this didn't date, this date didn't work out because there will always be a because for you to be able to walk away from. Always. So he's like, yeah. So he asks questions that are normal. He's like, what will we be talking about? Like, what does she look like in cat? Like, not dressed like Miss India or whatever, right? And like, I get that. I mean, as an aside, as you know, when I was COVID FaceTime dating Michael, I was like, well, you won't have any questions about what I look like in sweatpants and no makeup <laughs> and dirty hair, because that is what he's been getting for like most of this time. That's but, right. Um, but then he also goes like, oh, like, you know, this kind of stuff should happen organically. I'm like, well, what do you think that means? Because like you're working with a matchmaker at the behest of your mother. Like none of that is. Like, oh, a meat cute at a grocery store. You know what I, like. That's what I mean. Like, I think no matter what he says, what he's really saying is, 
I'm not freaking ready. You're rushing me on your timeline. I'm stuck in this situation. I don't want to do it this way. Back the fuck off. But I can't say any of this shit to you because it's your rules and I don't want to piss you off. And if I say it, then I'm going to be more miserable. So my choices are to be miserable or more miserable. So I'm just trying to like. Buy like, my time until I can like yeah, yeah. work out an escape plan. Like how do I, how do I just push the timeline back a little bit? And that's what he's doing. It's like, yeah, no, 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 I'm totally ready. So then at the end of this two episodes, we get, there are three women that are being sent to him. He can either choose one of the three or she's going to choose one of the three. Those are his, those are his options. He can choose one or she's going to choose one. And it doesn't sound like choose one to date. It sounds like choose one to marry. <laughs> like she's going to choose one. Right. Like it's and like he's going, going to choose marry one him. and we're going to meet. And unless there's something like incredibly objectionable, like you're getting engaged. Yeah. All right. And it's interesting because it's like, you don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if he picks one and like what she's like. Cause you know, I feel like, I mean, I can't, there isn't any inducement that would convince me that like, that is something that I would enter into. But yeah, then again, obviously I'm not, the, I'm not the target audience. Right. And Preeti's perspective is that she has so much to offer, right? She has all these dresses, she has all these jewels, but I would, again, like, and you're saying the same thing too, like not for a bazillion dollars would I agree to enter into that kind of arrangement where my entire life would be dictated. Like, I'm- What I think is interesting is it sounds like, you know, and we don't, see anyone's bio data yet but what my assumption is right that they're looking for like someone of a certain like socioeconomic level and also like I imagine someone pretty accomplished right so so, like I can't imagine that they're like yeah this girl's beautiful but a high school dropout that's cool right like presumably somebody who has at least a bachelor's degree if not like a master's or a PhD and so then you're like well so you're going to like essentially acquire someone very accomplished so that they can what like make his tiffin and his breakfast and like you know like that's where you lose that's where I'm like but that's where that's where we need to to segue to Ankita because that's where I'm kind of like why why go to school then like why bother I don't know and I'm not sure and that's where I don't know like I'm not really sure I would love to see I wish I don't know if that's dropped somewhere like what's the bio data criteria that they're looking for? Cause we get, so we get for, for, um, for Akshay, they tell us like very little, like flexible, again, this flexible thing, right? And a lot of like the women it's, it's flexible. So she has to be willing to do all this stuff for him, right? It's, it's like he, it's his life and she has to bend and mold and be able to be willing to change her life for his. Five three or taller, family oriented, someone like the daughter in law and culture. Those were the criteria that we got um, from what was said on the show. 
but we don't actually get actually get to see like really what the bio data what is. So I I would be interested to like really see what that yeah. is. Yeah, I I just think like I get that they're like super traditional, right? Like, but I also was just sort of like it's 2020, you guys, like or 2019. Fine when like they were filming this, like I, I mean. I get there's like no acknowledgement, I guess, at all. I find it shocking that there's like no acknowledgement at all that like time, like things are different in 2019 than they were in like 1980 or whatever. When I, you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, or even 1990, you know what I mean? Like for all of us, right? Not, not just people in India, like for everyone, like things are different. And so it's, it's, it seems like it's, it's a little jarring to me that like that she's so immovable. Yeah. I mean, I guess if, if, if it's not broke for them, but it seems to me, and, and again, this is me looking at it. And that's why I was like, am I projecting? Like, am I projecting? Like, well, I'm trying, I'm like, I realize I'm looking at it from like very Americanized white girl eyes, you know? And, me too, like, except for the white girl like, part. Right. But like very <laughs> feminist, like, Cross uh, over right. the well, ocean. Well, I mean, and for your listeners, you know? for your listeners who don't know, oh, you know, perhaps you recall from the last episode when I said that my mom used to like say we shouldn't go to Temple on when the Giants had the early Sunday games. So, like, clearly, like my parents were not super traditional. <laughs> I mean, they, you right. know, so right. like exactly. I don't, I don't have that perspective. I mean, I, but I do have members of my family who are more traditional than my parents are who have either gotten married younger or you know whatever but like I mean they all like but at the same time like you know when my male cousins have gotten married like they've like married women who are you know career women who continue to work after they get married and have kids and you know have you know are very accomplished and have you know all their own stuff going on you know well, I guess when I when I think about it, where it goes, like, I, if I, I think about it, like, in, in, like, pockets or, like, in a, in a situation where I've had more of, like, a connection to a culture, like, um, the Hasidic culture, they have very defined roles for, they have very defined gender roles, and it's not but it's not perceived as like, if you're a woman, you have defined roles, but it's not perceived as like, you're being held down in your role. I mean, I guess you could perceive it as that if that's not the role that you want, but like a lot of women in that culture are very, very proud of the stuff that they are doing and and the role that they have within that culture. So there's, there's that side too. I mean, if you think about it, as far as Preeti is concerned, She's very, very powerful within that family. I mean, she's running that. She's telling. Oh yeah, nobody. The fa- I, I don't like. I don't think we've seen this father speak yet. No, he has said he and and if he's speaking, he is saying what Preeti wants him to say. <laughs> like he has no power, and nobody has any power in that household except for Preeti. And the only power that Akshay has, the little power that he has, is this kind of like silent digging of his heels. Like it's like the last it seems power that he does have. And that's why he's kind of like digging his heels in the way that we see him. I think 
but again, my perspective from sitting out here and it's like, why, why is he giving, you know, why is he giving Seema such a hard time, you know? And, uh, and she's kind of like, I'm just going to pick somebody. And, and some of that can be, listen, it could be him digging his heels in and it can also just be the overwhelm of like, this is a really freaking hard decision. And like, I don't know. How do you make a decision like this? You know, we get that from a lot of the people too. It's like, how do I look at a sheet of paper and say, yes, I want, I want to marry this person. No, I don't want to marry this person. Like, how do you do that? So actually that brings me to a question that I had for you. Sure. So like watching this, right. And I don't, I don't really know anything about matchmakers, Indian or otherwise. So right. Obviously matchmakers exist outside of the Indian culture. Um, and like, as my parents keep saying, they're like, these are basically not arranged marriages in the traditional sense. They're like, instead of using a dating app, these guys are using a, a matchmaker and paying a matchmaker. But like, I guess, you know, they're looking at these sheets of paper and these pictures and, you know, all of these things and, and putting these people together. And like, you know, Seema has like a binder, you know, with, and I'm like, oh my God, just put this stuff in Excel, but whatever. That's, you know, like another <laughs> I'm like, get a computer program, lady. Like, it's going to be easier. But, like, um, I in watching it, I'm like, in, the, in this day and age, like, what is the point of a matchmaker, right, if you're not necessarily going to take things like personality and stuff into account, which it doesn't seem like she's doing that much of, right? She's taking the stats from the paper and being like, okay. It's not like she's, it do, or at least we don't see her, like, really sitting down to be like, okay, I'm really getting a sense of who you are, right? In most cases. So, like, what, in your estimation, does a matchmaker bring to the table in this day and age that, like, an, al- that an algorithm doesn't? So I think, you know, you and I were talking before, like, obviously there are sites like Tinder and Bumble where you don't have that much information. But there are also sites like Match and OkCupid where you can kind of fill out, like, an extensive questionnaire, which I know about because I've always been way too lazy to fill out those questionnaires. I, like, start and I'm like, oh, this seems like a lot of work. Yeah, I made it like halfway through eHarmony back in the day. Like, and I was like, nah, I was like, this feels like a lot of questions. Think. And I don't really think this is for me. Like, I'm just gonna slap some pictures on Bumble and be done with it. Thanks. But um, but yeah, like what what is the advantage of having like a human matchmaker in, in 2020? Um, I think there are a couple of things. So first of all, we don't see everything that goes into it. Um I think it's the, I think it's the psychological component of having an actual person in front of you, as opposed to just putting your information into a computer and not knowing what's going on. Like having a human component, there's a lot to be said that you have somebody coming to your house, sitting down, putting their hands on your hands saying, don't worry, I've got this. You know, you got, you got her sitting with Aparna's mom. And I don't think it went very far for Aparna's mom, but like for most people saying, when I, when I have clients, I think of them as my own daughter or my own niece, then I, and I take each one into account. Having that being said to you about your child, I think can go a long way. Um, so there's that because when you, the psychological thought of like, I'm just dumping all of my information into a computer, which is an ice cold computer and doesn't really know me. And then they're spewing things back. That lack of trust in a computer can do a lot of crap to your head that you might be like, uh, you might be seeing or not seeing stuff. Like it's the same thing when we talk about the mindset of if you're online dating and you're like, and your mindset is all the guys online are shitty. Like everyone online sucks 
nobody online wants a real, uh, like a serious relationship, then guess what you're going to see? You're going to pick out every guy online who's only there to like have sex and get out of there or doesn't want a real relationship. Like that's who you're going to pick out. Right. So if you're thinking the same thing, when you're, when you're putting in information into any harmony or whatever it is, you're going to have that same kind of feeling. So if you're feeling with a matchmaker is I'm investing money here. This person has my back. They're going to put some time into it to really like search for somebody for me. And that gives you peace of mind. Then you're going to go into the dates with a different, with a different mindset. And that's why it's going to benefit you. It's not so much what's happening. It's what your mindset is. I think. Gotcha. Uh, Hi guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. But you're not getting, and I think what, what we found is, and I think that there are some matchmakers who also coach and that would be nice. I mean, if there, there should be matchmakers, uh, it should be, I guess they shouldn't tell people matchmakers what they should or shouldn't do. But if, if, and we don't have a database of people that we match people with. It's not to say that we wouldn't get there. Like if we had people who were like, Ooh, maybe, maybe at some point we'll be talking to people and be like, oh, and realize that we can match people. Right. But like it matchmakers, I think if they're being ethical, if they had people come up and they're like, I want to meet with somebody. Like if Akshay came up to me and was like, I'm, I want to meet somebody. I would be like, no, you don't. You're not ready. Yeah. You're, you're not ready yet. Right. Like I talk to people and I, and they say, I want to meet somebody. And I'm like, I don't think you're ready. But yet. you in good faith wouldn't set him up with another one of your clients knowing that he's not being able to perceive that he's not actually ready to like be in a relationship. Absolutely. And I certainly, and if, and I only work with women, but if Akshay was a woman, I certainly in good faith would not be taking Akshay's money and say, yes, I'm going to send you out there. If Akshay clearly is just there because his mom wants him to be there. And I'm like, you, you do not want to be in a relationship at all. Like I just spoke to somebody the other day, he was like 22 years old. And I was like, you don't want to be with anybody right now at all. Like you, you don't want to be with anybody right now. Awesome. So you don't want to like, we're, we're done with this conversation. Like, why would you want a dating coach? There's no reason to have like the, Go figure out, you know, keep going. Like, you know, that's not, I, I would, I feel like ethically you, and listen, the, the culture is different. So the freedom to decide that is different. It, it's uh, what, what, what Seema also says is that it's not her clients. Some of her clients are the parents, you know, Akshay, it's not even like Akshay is her client. Preeti is her client. Yeah. And it's like, find my kid a wife. Yeah. The yeah. other, the other matchmaker says that about her too. She's like, yeah, you know, she like does more stuff with the families. Although the right. other matchmaker turns out to be a huge oh, disappointment. Yes. Okay, so that's my that's my thought on on the matchmaker. So it depends on who the matchmaker is, and and there are studies. Just to go, just as like a little side note, I was just having this conversation today. There are studies when you talk about like therapists. So it's this it's a similar thing that. Um, regardless of the theory of the therapist. It's not so much about the theory. It's about how a client feels about their therapist. That is more important. Um, studies show that, that in terms of how effective therapy will be, it's more important how you feel about your therapist than what theory-based your therapist has. Interesting. 
Yep. So I always say that before I work with somebody. So if you trust your matchmaker or you trust your dating coach, or you trust the person that you're working with, then it's not so much like their style, like what they're doing or how they're doing it. But if you, you trust that they're, they're there to help you and that they can help you, then you're more likely to be helped. Um, okay. So let's go now to Ankita. <laughs> so mad. And so ugly. I have so much anger. Not toward Ankita, who I think is No, great. we love Ankita. But, so like, okay. about how everyone, like, treats her, I find so frustrating. And I feel like I was, like, like, the rug was pulled out from underneath me. So, like, they, they show Ankita. She's just like, hey, I'm Ankita. And, like, there's, like, cameras are flashing. And I'm like, oh, my God, this beautiful girl with this, like, beautiful smile. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like powerful. And she's talking about being like this powerful, independent woman. I was like, yeah, Ankita, speaking my language. Love it, love it, love it. And then they show her like, they're like, like flashing this camera. And then they show her like when she was younger, she was like um, in like the marriage age or whatever. When And she's like, and I was supposed, you know, I was at the age where I was going to get married. And, and all of a sudden, when I was supposed to get married, she was like, people were saying, that I wasn't pretty and I needed to lose them. No, like not people. Like basically her family like reaches out to their relatives in other parts of India and they're like, well, you know, boys are looking for pretty girls and like maybe she should go to the gym and lose some weight. And like my jaw dropped. I'm like, what now? Right. Like, I was like, but oh, she's beautiful. Like in all caps, I was like, wait, what just happened? And we talk about this. You know that this is like part of our program. Like how, how shit like this gets in it seeps in and it it fucks you up like that is stuff you know and that's that's at that point in her life I don't know what earlier than that says but that stuff gets in there and all of a sudden now that's a message that you have that just kind of is now dictating how well, you she see says, I mean she says she was like my she was like I rebel she literally says I rebelled and was like fuck you I'm never getting married <laughs> which I was like love you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did um and I believe that so, her, like, yes, outwardly, yes, her outwardly, outwardly, her but, immediate family, though, seems pretty supportive. Like, her parents, oh, seem wait, like, their interact. Wait, there was an interaction that I want to go back to with her parents, but like, yes, outwardly, we rebel, but what do we do inside? Because she does say that then there's like a string of relationships that we get to, but her parents, so they talk about her and they're like, her mom's, her mom they're basically like we just hope that there's someone for her because she's so independent her mom calls her rebellious and her dad says or what we would consider rebellious and i, I was like that was yeah awesome. dad yeah yes. like, her parents actually seem really cool i was like i see where she gets her confidence from right like yes i get i i loved her i thought her dad was super supportive she went out and like figured she She's on the way of figuring, like, herself out. Like, there were some points where I felt like she was super strong. And then there were parts, there were parts where I felt like she kind of, like, retracted. So, like, when she was with her family, she was like, I want a guy who has a mind of his own. I want him to be five, six or above. I want him to be between 29 and 30. She was, like, very, very decisive and, like, a little joking. She was like, I want him to look like David Beckham. And then 
when, who doesn't i mean of course on. i mean come but on, not with david shit. beckham's voice because david beckham has like a weird high squeaky voice <laughs> Think, you say that you want someone like david beckham you have to be very specific and just say somebody who looks like David Beckham because nobody wants to listen to David Beckham. Looks like David Beckham, but sounds like Viasser because Viasser has a really sexy voice, I think. I mean, again, still keep thinking Seth Rogen when I, I hear I think voice. Seth Rogen has a very sexy voice. <laughs> um, but then when Seema's there, she's like, I want him to be pleasant. I, he could like to travel or stay at home. Similar background or different background. Like, she goes wishy-washy when she's with Seema, but like, when she's not there, she's very, like, she's very strong and decisive in what she wants. Um, and that's, like, a disconnect. Um, and then we also get, which I think is when we're talking about how your past, like, can impact who you are and who you attract and who you end up in relationships with, is when she's out with her friends. And she starts talking about her past history with people. Douchebags. Uh, with douchebags. She calls them douchebags. Yeah, I love it. Which is my favorite derogatory term to call somebody. Douchebag is my favorite. Um, she says that she's with douchebags. And she, her self-diagnosis is that she she dates douchebags so she can... Fix them. Fix them. But I think, I think we also date douchebags when we don't think we deserve better than a douchebag. And I think we can also date douchebags because sometimes... And I'm not saying this for her, but I just want to say the three reasons we date douchebags. Because we want to fix them, because we don't think we deserve better, and because media, Hollywood, has taught us that that douchebags are sexy. Those tend to be the three reasons that we date douchebags. Interesting. Um, So, sometimes we don't know that they're douchebags until we're, like, in it. They don't seem like douchebags when we start. I'm not that I'm speaking from personal experience or anything. (laughs) totally speaking from personal experience yes and that's the glory (laughs) that's the the when right and then then there's like the the douchebag trap when you don't see it in the beginning and then you realize it but then it's like the wishing it wishing back to the time before so you're like rationalizing but but before they weren't a douchebag it's like when they they trap you in or or the story we tell ourselves, but I put so much time in, so maybe I can get him back to the, where he was before. I always call that the waiting for the subway. Like, you know when you, like, back when we used to take public transportation? <laughs> What's that? And, like, you would, like, go down into the subway and you'd be waiting for, like, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes for a train. And you're like, well, now we've invested 25 minutes. And if yes. I, like, exit the subway to get a cab, like, the stupid train is going to come and I'm going to be mad that I invested all this time waiting for the yep. subway. So, like, there's that, too. The subway trap. We actually have an episode that Jen and I did about narcissists. Now, I'm not saying that every douchebag is a narcissist, but narcissists tend to hold it together for the first two to eight weeks, I think it is, or four to eight weeks of a relationship, and then do the flippity flip, because they can't really focus on you much past that. And that happens a lot in relationships where they're, they're so um, magnetic in the very beginning. And then when they make that flip, you can have the subway feeling where you're like, I now have invested this time or the feeling of, wait a second, what just happened? It was so good. I know, I know that good guy is in there. I just need to get back to him. You're kind of like trying to like dig back into that, 
person, but he's not actually there. He was just, that was the fake part of him. That was the seductive part to get you invested enough to get you in. So there's that also. Um, so side note. So I, I don't know what episode number that is, but if that speaks to any of you guys that there is, it's, is he a narcissist is the title of, I believe I'll put it, I'll put it in the notes of this episode. Um, so yeah, the douchebag. So her, she has, she sounds like she has like a good group who are uh, friends who are like looking out for her, but kind of skeptical of who she's going to choose. Like she, her, her, her picker is off. As um, Patty Stanger would say. Right. I said not to, I was about to say not to quote Patty, but uh, I just did it. I just did it. Um, so basically they think that Ankita, they talk about Ankita like she's like a freaking ogre, which is just so freaking insulting and obnoxious and horrible. So Seema's like, well, she's just like too independent and like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with her. So I guess I'm just going to reach out to Gita who's this other matchmaker who's like not traditional and maybe she can find somebody for Ankita. She's like, just... she, Seema says that her clients are traditional and that in air quotes and that Gita has a quote unquote, a different client base, which to me were like some like eyebrow raising, super classist word, like words, <laughs> you know, basically just being like, you know, like, She's sort of like beneath my time. My clients are like much more, you know, kind of high breath. That was my read on it. I was Interesting. sort of like, I was like, you're saying those words, but I'm hearing something else, right? Like, I love that you picked up on that because it just went right over my head. I was like, okay, I, I don't know what it, what it is I'm that little, she's saying, but she's I'm, basically, I know I'm, she's insulting Ankita and probably Gita as well. But we're all we're all a little sensitive to dog whistles these days. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so then we have Gita and Seema meeting each other. And it's basically like them talking. And then Gita kind of, first of all, they both talk about Ankita like, like, again, like she's hideous. Well, Seema goes, she's not photogenic, but she presents well. I was like, honestly, what is wrong with you people? Like, I, don't I know, like she's like setting her up. And I was like, I don't understand. I kept saying, like, I don't understand. And I, I'm just not seeing. I especially what... don't. Like, it's really interesting because they're talking about her like she's an ogre. Meanwhile, like, it's not like Akshay is Idris Elba over there in, like, Mumbai. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. he is not what I would describe as anything. Like, he's not handsome. I mean, I think he's just like, you wouldn't. He's not ugly. You just wouldn't look twice at him if you saw him on the street. Uh, but I also, like, it's such a, it seems like such a different standard for totally. the women and the men. So, like, he comes for money, so who cares? Right? So, like. She's sending him photographs of people who are, like, in beauty pageants. And, like, right. she's like, well, you know, Ankita, she's not so pretty, but, like, she's a good personality. I'm like, Okay. I know, like, I just, I can't, I know, so, and, and, and she definitely, Seema definitely seems to allude to the different standards of acceptability when she's matching people who are in India, as opposed to people who are in the States. Right, because like, she can't, like, because she says such lovely things about Vyasa, who's clearly not rich, right, like. Right. 
and never will be. And he's like, he needs to just find a woman who's going to accept him for who he is. And that is a possibility for Vyasar because he's in the States. If Vyasar were in India, she'd be like, you are shit out of luck. I don't have anybody for you in my bio data. She'd be like, you go on Tinder right now. That's it. Right. You need to move to Chicago. <laughs> like, there's no one in this country for you. Bye. Um, so then, okay, so then where I re- so I'm thinking like, okay, good. So Seema doesn't have anybody for Ankita, but in, at least we're going to have Gita is going to meet with Ankita. And when Gita and Seema meet with each other, Gita says that like, is like pushing back at Seema a little bit. She's like, there should be a five year. I always recommend a five years distance. Like she's definitely an opinionated person and is pushing back on what Seema says. So I'm like, okay, whatever. She seems. Oh yeah. And she says something. She was like, oh, the first thing I ask is like, why do you want to get married? And Seema's like, ugh. Like, why go there? Like, it's because their parents wanted them to get married. Like, you know, whatever. And Gita's like, no, you have to like dig into the. So you. Which you know- I kind of was like, okay, good. Like, like I said before, like have a. If again with Akshay, I might be like, you are not ready. You know, sometimes even just saying that to somebody will be enough for them to be like, oh, you know, it doesn't, it's not like everybody, it's not like you need like eight years to get ready. Like sometimes you need like one night of like some soul searching to be like, okay, now I'm ready. It's not, you know, it's, it's, you don't need a lot of time. You just need some movement in your mind to be like, am I ready or am I not ready? Um, so I was like, okay. But then Gita sits down with Ankita and this conversation like blood boiling, I, I, I like wanted to throw things at my television, but if I broke my television during this pandemic, I would be sadder than just being mad at, at Gita. But she says to Ankita, like, what will you do if he, if, if the guy you're with, like has, wants to, his job moves somewhere else, like, he, and you have to move somewhere like Timbuktu. And she was like, um, well, we would have a conversation about it. And she was like, no, basically, like, it's your job to go with him. And she was like, well, I, I've established my relationship. Like, I'm willing to have a conversation about it. But, like, my, my career, like, I've put a lot of, like, work into her career, career and her family, right? So I think, yeah, like, she's like, oh, hey, like, you know, I want somebody, you know, who, you know, it, like, will get along with my family and, and, and you know, I, I, I've developed all these relationships and my business and Gita's like, okay, well, like once you get married, your family and your friends, like they're not important. Like just your husband is important. And Ankita's she like, sounds like pretty. she's like, she's like really taken aback. And she, and so then she's like, well, what would you do if like, you know, he told you that he had this like great job opportunity in Timbuktu. And she's like, all right, well, we'd have to have a discussion about it and see like what we could work out. And like, Gita's like, no, no. She's like, I gave up, like, what did she say? And I don't know if she was being hyperbolic. She said, the woman is the emotion, like, really, she said, it is our duty as a woman to understand that we have to give ourselves emotionally much more than the man does. So, like, basically, it's, it's like, our, no matter what, it's, it's the woman's job so, to, to be more flexible. She so, sounds, like, preachy. So, honestly, like, so this, especially like with everything that's happening now, like, I, I mean, it pushed all of my buttons, right? Because everything that's happening now with the pandemic and everything else, you know, there've been reams of article written. There was just one in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago about how because women still in 2020 
carry the emotional burden of the family that like there is a generation of women whose careers may never recover from this pandemic because you know kids are not in school full time there's like an element of childcare that's missing and women are still you know sort of default the carriers of this at at home and that's just a fact right that's not you know there are and like you know there are going to be people who are like oh yeah men too and sure but i think like it is a fact yeah but that's no it is a fact that like it is overwhelmingly women like there may be men who are the primary caregivers in their households and like kudos to you whatever but like the fact is that it's going to disproportionately affect women more than men in their earning power in their ability to get promoted in their ability to progress in their careers or even continue to have careers right especially if you consider that the women who are going to primarily be affected are between 35 and 45 years old right which would be like a very important time in anyone's career so like this was just these two episodes between Akshay and Ankita were like really I think it's very stark in the question of equality in relationships and obviously you know what I'm talking about is not limited to a conservative culture like India like this happened this is happening everywhere it's happening you know here I mean you know I think it's really like, it's distressing again that it's 2020 and we're still having these conversations. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, we, we were talking about this a little bit before we started to like really get into the podcast and this is kind of coming up a lot um, in my conversations with a lot of women and we're going to dedicate a whole podcast to it. But I think it is a lot and we Um, something that we really have to notice in terms of um, what we're looking for in dating. So we, we, I want to like, I'm going to cycle back. We're going to kind of come forward with it. Okay. We need to be really, really careful with conversations that sound like this. Okay. When, when someone says that we are supposed to act a certain way, it is fine. If Gita decides that in her relationship, hundred percent, she, want, she wants to act that way. And Kita does not. And fuck you, Kita, for telling Ankita to work, that, to act that way. Because guess what? The right person for Ankita does not want Ankita to be that way. The right person for Ankita wants Ankita to be Ankita. And Gita needs to back the fuck off and let Ankita find the right person for her. So I, it is very, very, very dangerous. And I have been hearing this, Jen and I were just talking about this today and it's popping up all over the place and you just talked about it before. So um, I'm, I have three different places that I just want to go. So you were saying earlier that you were reading an article that you sent me a while ago. So tell yes. us about the so, article. So I read this a while ago. It was in the Atlantic. I will send you a link after we're done and you can you can link to it in your in your podcast notes if you want. But it was called If You Want a Marriage of Equals, Then Date as Equals. And it was very, very interesting because it was about primarily millennial women. And as you know, I'm a little older than that. I am Gen X. And if anyone ever calls me a millennial, I get very, very upset and correct them immediately but that's another story for another day but 
particularly millennial women are are very focused on equality in their relationships after marriage, right? And they expect to have a career and have their husbands sort of carry equal weight in child rearing, you know, theoretically. But in dating, the expectation is still that the man pays for dates and that, you know, initiates sex and, you know, proposes marriage and, and millennial women want all of those sort of more traditional things, right? And the theory of the article, which I thought was very interesting, was, hey, like, if you're going to set that expectation in dating, then don't be surprised when your marriage turns out to not necessarily be a marriage of equals and that you are taking on those traditional gender roles of, you know, running a household and raising kids and all of those things. And I thought that that was very interesting because I had never, having never been married, first of all, or having kids, I'd never thought of it that way before. And I know I had had, I personally don't really care it's not a deal breaker for me if a guy doesn't pay on any date but on the first date or or any any date I'm always happy to split it um and quite frankly I find it a little annoying if after I don't mind on the first date but if after a few dates if he's just like he's like no I'm the man I'll pay like I actually find that a little annoying so but I have a friend who's you know like very successful career-oriented woman who she's like oh no that's a deal breaker that would be a deal breaker for she's married now she was like that would be a deal breaker for me if a guy didn't pay on the first date and I was like really like in 2019 2020 like that'd be a deal breaker for you like I think it's I kind of think it's like no big deal in this day and age right and I actually went out with a guy once where I, I I offered to pay and he was like no he was like has anyone ever taken you up on your offer to pay on a first date and at the time I was like well no but I, I kind of feel bad that this is the expectation in, you know, in this day and age that like you will always have to pay. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. And months after I had had this conversation with my friend, I sent her this article and in the interim, she had gone on vacation with me as a matter of fact, and had left her husband with her um, five-year-old and twin three-year-olds and like, you know, the like dramatic texts and phone calls that she got while we were on vacation (laughs) from him about like, basically like handling things that she had really like, she was like, Pornima, she was like, I cooked two weeks worth of meals and put them in the freezer. I guess left him specific instructions. I did all of these things. She's like, he travels 50% of the time. He does none of those things. Like for me, like, you know, when, And so I sent her this article and she's like, she actually changed her mind. She's like, you know, when reading this, she's like, if I had to do it again, I think I would do it differently. And And set the the expectation from the dating stage that this is a partnership. And like, I don't expect you to pay for dates and you shouldn't expect me to, you know, pick your dirty clothes up off the bathroom floor. Like that's, that's how this is going to work. Right. And we talk about, so we, we watch the show and we're like, oh my God, they're so old fashioned. And, or they're so like in these like traditional roles that like, we're so, you know, we're here and we don't have these roles, but like, I call bullshit on that. Like we just, our roles are set by rom-coms and like other bullshit. Right. So like we still get taught. It's not the, like, what is the message of, and I, and listen, I'm not, I'm not sending judgment because when I was dating, I I wasn't peeling apart to the extent of where I am now and I can do it because this is what I do for a living. And I can kind of sit back and be like, okay, what am I, what are we really thinking about or what's really going on here? Right. And, and we definitely coach like, like you, you can want him to pick up the check 
or you could be cool with picking up the check or you could be cool with going Dutch, but like, be honest with wherever you are. Like, don't, don't bullshit and say you're cool with going Dutch. And then, and then if he takes you up on it, write him off because he took you up on it. Like, you got to be honest with wherever you are and like, figure out why you are there. But it's also, why are you there? So like, if you, if you feel like if he says, oh, cool, let's split it. It's, if, if that rubs you the wrong way, why? And, and the truth is that something underneath there is probably like, because there's, there's some fear that like, that means that he doesn't really like you or he doesn't have enough money to provide for you. That somewhere down the long, along the lines that you're going to have to be taking care of him. Like there's something, there's some message underneath there that could be true about him. And maybe you don't want that. Or there's something that might not be true, but you have to dig a little bit deeper to kind of figure out what's going on. Right. So it's not, it's not the action. It's the message that you're getting sent. And it's also like, do you want to be in a relationship where you're dependent? And this is where, like, again, if you guys are, are listening, this is, this is also part of the conversation for um, Tuesday's podcast about finances and being able to have those hard questions and kind of figure out where you are financially and how you feel about money. We fall into a lot of traditional roles um, when we get into relationships, especially in categories that we don't want to talk about because they're taboo. And the two big ones are money and sex, because we were never taught really how to talk about those things, how to look at those things, how to peel them apart, how to really think about like, what do I think about those things? So sometimes those become messy because we don't know how to communicate about them. So, um, you know, when, when we're talking about like splitting things or talking about money or how we're going to split things in the beginning, that doesn't feel sexy because it's not like a guy swooping in in his horse and taking care of us, which is what we're taught to, that is like supposed to be the sexy thing that's supposed to happen. That like Matthew McConaughey is going to chase after us on some bridge in a taxi cab or on his motorcycle when we're in a taxi cab and tell us that he loves us and he's going to sweep us away. You know, that's not that that works in a freaking two hour movie. It doesn't I'm laughing because my reaction to that would be like you psychopath, please get away right. from me. Because in real life, <laughs> it is psychopath move, but in Hollywood it's, you know, in Hollywood with gin blossoms playing in the background, no less. I mean, this is like my abject hatred for the movie, Jerry Maguire, which is like a oh, whole Oh my God, don't even get me started on Jerry Maguire. First of all, that was just a horrible movie. Horrible. On like so many levels, except for Cuba Gooding Jr. That that family I loved. No, but aside was... from aside from that part, although whatever back then again, snapshot. The whole movie was horrible, and we say that all the time. The complete you complete me. I didn't believe that love story at all. But even the, the that 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 movie is not dangerous because I didn't believe a lick of it. It's the movies that I I got a little flutter. You know, it's the movies that like, I did get whisked away a little bit. I call it like, I don't, I don't, I, I personally don't watch porn. The rom-coms are my porn, you know, like the rom-coms are the ones I guess. that I'm like, Woo. Well, like, my sister and I get into this debate with friends of ours that we met in Croatia because I hate love actually. And they're like, I don't like it either. And I'm like, no, every element of this movie is actually terrible. And they're like, yes. why are you, they're like, why are you ruining love actually for us? Like, oh my God. So we don't have this as a podcast yet because we're saving it for Christmas. 
But if you go to our Instagram or IGTV, Jen and I actually do a review of Love Actually. So you guys can go to that too. It is horrible. It used to be Jen's like favorite awful. movie. I'm like, Jen, I don't know. No. Like some really freaking needs, awful movies. Yeah, she needs to reevaluate. Like every story is like, oh my God, this is horrible. Talk about stalkers. Oh. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's just awful. It was painful to watch. I'm like, all right, I'll do this for you. It was really, really painful. So yes, it's not that. It's like, what are the movies when I, like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? I rewatched it and I thought it was delightful. But it's the delightfulness of it that gets you like into like the the wanting of the wanting to be whisked away and feel feel that like ooh the like be feeling the feeling that feeling that you're looking for I, I don't know what else to call well, it I like so this I I was telling my sister this earlier like so I cooked dinner on Friday night and Michael is actually like really good at dishes and loading the dishwasher and like like offers to do it right and like does it but then like doesn't like half-ass it or like you know fuck it up so that you have to like redo it and like I'm watching him do it, and I literally go. I was like, I've never been more attracted to you than I'm right now. Like I was like, this is amazing. I love it. That, <laughs> I talk about that. I actually talk about that with my clients. I'm like, listen, there are different things that charm. Like my couple clients, I'm like, there are different things that charm people on. I'm like, some people like really want like a really nice love note. You know, some people want a gift. Some people want you to just fucking do the dishes. You know, like some people like. That is the, that is what will do it for them. Like not having to ask him to help me and like have him just do it and then do it like properly was like amazing and yeah. actually better than I could. Like he loaded the dishwasher, like he was doing a jigsaw puzzle and I was like, wow, I never would have fit all that stuff in there. And you're like taking off your bra. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that's the, the rom-com I want to see, Amy. What'd you say? I said, that's the rom-com I want to see. <laughs> the guy doing the dishes. That will set me a flutter. Yes. <laughs> um, dish porn. <laughs> he also made the bed for me last week. I was like, oh, oh my God. Nice. Oh my God. I need, I need to put the air on in here. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, when did this podcast turn into a softcore porn? I don't know. I don't know. We have to, we definitely, definitely have to rate this explicit. <laughs> Make sure. This is not for the younger listeners. We're talking about dishes and bed making. <laughs> it's not for the younger listeners. Um, so basically, back to, and we're going to have upcoming. So Jed and I had talked about, um, she's going to let me know some timing to get her back on here. But there's, there's this wave of conversation about how strong women are turning off men there's a lot of like dating coaches who are kind of out there saying that that they turn you turn off men if you're too strong of a woman and you have to kind of like play down your strength in order to attract men with femininity and um I feel like this is in the same vein of like this kind of conversation of like being willing to give up parts of yourself in order to be in a relationship. And Jen and I wholeheartedly a hundred percent call bullshit on that. And so much so and feel so strongly about it that we are um, going to be doing an episode on that, that exclusively. Um, we don't think you have to be, 
like in your face, like screw you. And I feel like we, we go through that period where you're like, I am who I am. And, and they're like kind of how a, a Parna is like, like I'm going to be rejected a whole bunch of times. And people are going to be like, you can't be who you are. And I'm going to have to be like, fuck you. Then I'm, I can't be in a relationship with you. We go through that, but we go through that because the whole world is like, if you are who you are, no one's going to like you. Like Gita says to, right. So like, of course we have to do, we have to go through that. But the truth is when you really become at peace with who you are and you love yourself and you're kind of like, this is who I am. And you just kind of take a breath and sit in it. There are men who are like, you're awesome. And they see you, they see you for who you are. They, it's just the reality of what happens. And the truth is you don't need 8,000 men to see you for who you are. You need Well, most of us only need one. Right. And the truth is there's more than one. There is more than one, but you, you just, it's, it's about being at peace with who you are and not about being this kind of, either a pushover pretending to be who everybody wants you to be or this hard ass pushing everybody away. It's just being who you are in that middle. And that doesn't mean you know everything about yourself. Of course, we're always changing and growing and figuring things out, but it's like being okay with doing that. So all I'm saying is Gita, what you said to Ankita was horrible advice for Ankita. And good for Ankita that she smiled and nodded and still went out with this guy because he seemed lovely. She seemed to really be able to be who she was, and he was he was cool with her on the date. I thought I thought they were they were cute together. I don't know what happens next with them because I didn't do any googling with them on the side, and I haven't seen past this episode. Well, any thoughts about them on the date? Um, no, they seemed like they were they were a good date. She was like joking around with him like right away, which I thought was like you know nicer. It, they, they didn't seem to have any awkward time, which is, you know, even if they did, like, sometimes first dates are, you know, awkward, even if, like, they turn into to something better uh, down the line. But um, they seemed like a pretty good... So I was actually kind of surprised because I thought Gita was so awful that, like, when she meets him and it seemed like a good match, I was like, well, I was surprised because I was like, oh... You know, she, and I think it, you know, she didn't seem like she really got like a good sense of, you know, what Ankita was looking for. So like for her to set her up, you know, with this guy that actually seems like she was, he was a pretty good fit. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Right. So two, two thoughts. One is that that's really a sign of where, again, Ankita, Ankita sorry, Ankita is right. That she, she's open. So again, it has to do with her mindset. So she was like, she could have been like, Gita, again, says that I have to be this kind of person to be able to be dating. I'm going to just shut it all down again. But she was like, nope, I'm going to go and I'm going to see what happens. Or she could have been like, and I might have been a little bit like this. She could have gone on the date but been like, oh, there's no way like she's going to set me up with anyone good. Right. But her attitude was like, all right, I'll meet. I'll meet these guys. Like, sure. Right. I'm going to be me. Yeah. And it's either going to work or it's not. And she could have also been like, oh, I have to change. But she didn't do any of those things. She was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to be open, and I'm going to be me. And let's see what happens. And he left. And and to his, like, interview afterwards, he gave it three greats. He said, I had a great, great, great time. And I was like, that's three greats. It's pretty great. Yeah. That's, that's great cute. I say, thumbs up on that date. And she was smiling, too. So 
I think we we finish off with a little Viasser. Everyone's favorite. The internet's favorite. Viasser. Um, so Viasser, basically we see like the slow plummet to the ground with Viasser and Manisha. Um, yeah, it's interesting because they don't really cover on here like what, you know, like what sort of the demise of their sort of connection is. I mean, she sort of says like, basically like like I don't really know about your career potential you know and you're like you know earning you know she see you know and I think on that podcast that he was on he was sort of like yeah she you know seemed kind of bummed out about about that right because he's a guidance counselor and like you know probably is never gonna make a ton of money um but she also said that she seemed really um like upset by him even considering homeschooling their children he was like I have a background in education and so like of course like you know I you know he's like it wasn't even like I'm definitely homeschooling our like theoretical children he was like oh it's something I would consider and she was like really horrified by that so I don't know I thought that was interesting but so again I feel like this is also like she had her reservations and that she was filling in reasons to back out yeah um I First, I just want to go back, like, in the very, before it had this plummet, he calls her radiant, Aww, which I just thought was, like, was... so awesome to say. He's, like, it's, like, looking into the sun, and he's, he's like, like, not in, like, a bad way. Right, like, like that's the funniest part. He's, like, he's, like, looking at her, like, looking at the sun. He's, like, not like it blinds you or something, but, like, she's so radiant. <laughs> and then he says, in that, Seth, in that love, Seth like, Rogen delivery. He right, and then he says, "I don't know how to create romance," and I have to remind myself that that's okay. At the end of the day, when you fall in love, you fall in love, and I that was like, "That's cute. so sweet," and it's so true. He does not know how to create romance. Um, and then they're on a video date, and he talks about hair accumulating in his bathroom, and I'm like, "Right, you don't know how to create romance. That is not romantic. That is not sexy. It's hilarious, but not sexy at all." Um, then she references Shira, which I was like, oh my God, I think that that's like a perfect, like she's creating romance for him by referencing Shira. I feel like oh he my. just was like, oh my God, I'm so in love with you that you just said that. Um, which for those of you, if any of you guys know, are, are Gen Xers and know Shira, they rebooted Shira that I'm, there's a reboot of Shira. Not like they're rewatch, like a rewatch, like they actually have a new generation of Shira, which is really pretty awesome. There's all this. Is like, it? There's a new generation of it. There's all this like fantastic thing that they're doing with different genders. It's fantastic. I'm watching it with my son. Ooh, I'm gonna check that out. I loved that when I was a kid. And like the animation was like when you watch it now, like or when you watch that or like Thundercats or something now, you're like, wow, this animation's like really bad. Yeah, they (laughs) redid that. And I will also say that the new Shira, the opening song is amazing. So like on Netflix, it will say, do you want to, do you want to fast forward the intro? And whenever that comes on, I look at my son and I go, never, we will never skip this intro. Um, so just a side note. Um, when I did my, I didn't do any like looking into why they broke up, but like, yes, they, what they, the clips that they show are, um, he talks about before he even goes out with somebody that he loves to cook and he loves to clean and he'd be happy to be a stay at home dad. Then they show a clip of him talking about homeschooling. Then they show a clip of her saying, like, like, if if I, I know we're like we're fast forwarding here because we're doing this matchmaking thing, but if you said that to me on a first date, that uh, there wouldn't be a second date, basically. Like she, I, we don't know what he said. And then basically, um, 
he, they say something about education. They're arguing about education. And then at the end of the day, she says something about him having ambitions for his career that they're not like up to par. So I think it had to do with, again, what his career is and also that he would be very happy being a stay at home dad and homeschooling. I mean, that does remind me of one of the very worst dates I ever went on, which which causes my sister no end of amusement because she's like this is amazing I like went out on this date this is years and years ago like has to be like 10 years ago now um I went out with this guy met him at like a bar we have drinks and he's like oh like I'm a graphic designer I'm a single dad like you know like whatever blah blah blah. and he's like what do you do and I was like oh I'm a lawyer he's like oh that's great he's like you're a career woman he's like you know I'd like he's like I'd love to be a stay-at-home dad this is like We've had one drink so far. So I'm just like, oh, okay. So like, essentially what you're saying is that like, you would like for me to work and like, pay for you to raise children that aren't mine. Like, I don't like, this is like a lot for like one drink in, you know, whatever. My sister was like, this is amazing. I can't believe he said that on date one. It was a deal breaker. I mean, there were a lot of deal breakers with that guy. That was like the highlight. That's though. an interesting, like, like again, tables turn. So we were just talking before about like, yes, going split skis on date one or even like you paying on whatever. Like there are some things that are okay, but like coming on date one and being like, I, I essentially want you to support to, me. Right. Is not a, a date one conversation to be had. Nope. Um, right. Like there, there's, and, and I, and, and then you also kind of get it from the guy's perspective, like a woman coming and being like, I, on day one saying like, I want to have babies and I want you to be taking care of me and being the career person is maybe not what you want to be hearing is like, that's, you know, the first conversation to have. So I love that. That's the deal breaker. I was waiting for you to say that he was like homeless or something. I don't know. I, when you were like worst date ever, I was like, I, my brain just went like, all these different directions, but Hi guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so that's, this goes back to when Seema, but Seema talks about Vyasar because he's American, I guess, and not living in India that it's like, he's so wonderful. You just have to be willing to love him like where he's at. But again, if Vyasar was in India or a girl, She'd be like, I don't know. I can't do anything with him. <laughs> you want to go see Gita now? Like, let me call Gita. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, um, but, and then we also get Vyasar. So then they basically like end the whole thing. Um, and then. Then it's so cute. He, He's sitting in his classroom in the stupid student. Desk I know. Chair I love thing. it. And he's gigantic. He's like, he's like enormous. Chair. And he's in this tiny desk. And he's like. Oh man, now it's like I'm starting from scratch again. Yeah, so I was gonna like, say that. Yeah. And I and I wrote, yep, that's why we don't do matchmaking with us. Like we do we do the dating coaching where you're not because there you get that roller coaster, right? So like here and especially someone like Vyasar who really pours all of himself in. Like he really is just like like such a romantic where he's just like, Oh, this is like, you know. Um all like what is he like six five here's all six five of me you know so then we get Rashi who I I think is adorable like her banter with her brother so funny oh my god I love them um I want to hang out with them they're really hilarious 
I love. I want to know what her brother was doing when, like, Vyasar and Rashi were like out of the like, right? Like, he's with his family. He's like, have fun, kids. And I'm like, is he just gonna hang out with his family now? Like, what? I feel like he maybe went home or to the hotel or whatever. Like, I don't know. He must have stayed back because the cameras were so rolling and had they like had the exit. It was just funny. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna hang out with your grandpa now. Um, I would. Grandpa's adorable. (laughs) So cute. I, I, I happen to love um, Vyasar's mom, too. Oh, yeah. She's really um, cute. So the mom really likes Rashi, too. Um, they have ping pong on their first date. I, I know that it's because of the show, but these are adorable first dates. Like, we got, like, hatchet throwing. We've got Go- goat, goat yoga, yoga, ping pong. I, I think some of them are really cute. Um I don't know. Was there anything I that there was on the first date that you, I, I thought they were great. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, she like, she seemed really comfortable with like, with his family and also just like chatting with him and stuff. Um. I don't know how much chemistry they have. Like, they seem to have like a good friend vibe. I don't know how much like chemistry they have. I guess we'll see. I mean, you know, and that's like the kind of thing that sometimes you can't really um tell necessarily on the first date one thing he said that i thought was really funny was he makes like a goldilocks analogy he's like i don't know like maybe yeah seema's like you know like the first one's like too hard and second one's like you know like he's like you know he's like maybe we'll skip two songs yeah like maybe she's just right and i thought that was really funny but we do get where she's like really like digging to get like some real like it seems like her connecting is like very verbal like she wants him to like Open oh yeah, she's verbally. like, "What's your most vulnerable moment?" And I was like, "Whoa!" Right. Well, first she right. What What were you like in high school? Was the first thing she asks him. Um, and oh no, no, he mentions first. Um, they talk about like what were your best first dates, and then he talks about like that he f- fell in love organically, and she broke his heart. And I was like, these are like really deep first date conversations, which again. They keep saying, well, when you're with a matchmaker, you, you like, dive forward into, like, mid-whatever. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And also, it's it's a lot. Um, when she asks him how what he was like in high school, he's, like, kind of the same. And I cried a lot in public. I was like, like, part of me was like, I want to hug Vyasar, you know? Like, I was like, oh, my God. What were, and he's like, I don't know. I don't know what I was crying about. <laughs> um, and... And she said that he made her feel comfortable. And again, I'm like, well, when you date a guidance counselor, like, that's how you're going to feel, you know? Like, that's, like, kind of their shtick. Um, but then that second, it's the second date. So first he's like, do you want to go on another date? And then, like, high fives her, which I thought was adorable, too. Um, but then it's at the very end of episode six. And just, again, for you guys who probably have binge-watched this, because I'm like... So I can like kind of um, about vulnerability. Oops. I lost you for a second. Are you there? Yep, I'm here. Okay. So she says something about being vulnerable and opening up, and he's like, "I have a fear of opening up because I'm afraid that if I do that, that you know, people might I might be rejected." And then he does that mic drop about his his dad, basically 
getting arrested. Yeah, so he doesn't say that to her. Like, no, it's he says that to the camera. So he, you know, he's talking about being vulnerable. And then, yeah, the episode ends with my jaw on the floor because he says that his, you know, his dad wasn't a good guy. He kind of like works up to it. He's like, my dad wasn't a good guy. He wasn't really around that much. And, and then he, he, the episode ends when he says that his father went to prison for conspiracy to commit murder. And, and I'm before like, before that, before what that, the he, what? Yeah. And before that, he says, and whenever my dad wasn't around a lot, and whenever I got upset, my mom would tell me that I was acting like my dad. And that would just like destroy me because my dad was in prison for conspiracy to commit murder against his ex wife. Yes. Not his mother, his next His ex wife. I guess somebody. Yeah. But, yeah. but as a child, to hear that his anger came across as a guy who might kill somebody would be horrifying for a child to hear. So the fact that we get somebody who is so, A, has invested his life around understanding human emotion, right? To be in the field that he's in. And B, to have such a, it's, it's such a wonderful way that he's gone about it, but also to be so jolly for lack of a better word, it's, it's the term that's being used in the show, but like to be so sure that he's not angry. I mean, I guess, his, I mean, I, if, if you're going to have a, a, like a parent and like something in your background that like leads to something that's so horrible, right. In that like your, your father, your blood, like actually made an attempt to kill, or it sounds like have killed for conspiracy to commit murder. It sounds like maybe he, he conspired to have her killed. Um, that like your reaction is to, you know, go into a field where you're, you know, trying to help people through maybe something like that, or, you know, be like the guy who's, you know, kind of happy and comforting and, and quote unquote jolly. Um, that being said, I mean, I think like that's probably a heavy burden to, to bear. Right. And like, nobody's happy right. all the time. Nobody's jolly all the time. And like to fear that like, when you're not like that, that you might turn out like your dad has got to be like a hard thing to deal with. Right. And that's, and that's the, that's the ease. So that's the beauty of the relationship, right? And the connection. So I would feel like the ease or the want. And again, like, I don't know Vyasar personally, and I'm just learning a little piece. Hit but us getting... <laughs> But just, just getting, getting that he's sharing that, that that's the piece that he holds onto. That's the piece that he doesn't you know, share readily because we can have things that sound really heavy to people, but like we like share it all the time that 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 shit happened to us and that, you know, we've kind of really processed it to death and it doesn't have the same weight, but that he carries that around with him. That's something that that he has and that he holds on to to have somebody that he could have a full breadth of emotion with and that would stick around and allow him to have that and still love him you know on both sides of that probably be really really awesome for him to experience so that would be I think something you know if if I were working with him um 
And it doesn't mean that you walk in and on, on date one, that's what you're looking for. But that would be, you know, the same way when I talk about like in, when you're dating, that that's something that you have, you, you watch for where you're holding somebody at arm's length and where you're not being vulnerable with somebody. That would be a place where I would say we, we would be watching for where you're not going to be vulnerable in a relationship. So, so where's a place that you might be unhappy or upset that you're like holding back that maybe it might not come out as like a roar, but like you have, you, it might come out as like, I think I felt before because this happened. Seeing that and seeing where that goes and allowing somebody into that um, would be, I think really wonderful for him to experience having somebody stick with him through, through that breath of emotion. Mm. So, so Vyasar, if you're out there, you are out there, but if you're ever out there and if anybody through people can get Vyasar, we would love to have you on here to talk to us and we can talk about, you know, things. I know that we, we coach women, but, but I just really, I'm genuinely curious to know how many people are sliding into his DMS right now. I think it's like tons. It's I know I'm I'm sure. And I love that because it's kind of like, there's just something so interesting about the fact that we, at one point in this episode, we're talking about how women are like, if how there is, there are a lot of women who are like, if you don't pay for my meal when we're out on a date, then I'm not going to move forward with you. And then we have this man who is like clearly on national television and it's like I would be a stay-at-home dad like this is kind of who I am but we can see his soul and so many women are like no I actually would would want you to be my life partner well, well listen can we hook him and Ankita up I feel like I, really, I feel like- I really would like him to be with Nadia to be honest more than Ankita although I, I, I don't know I feel like they're more they're so there's a lovingness with the two of them. I don't know. I didn't see the last couple of episodes of Ankita. So I don't know if like, I, I see more of her. Am I missing? I just, I just meant like, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm like a stay at home. Da- you know, I'd love to be a stay at home. dad. And she's she like, was, I want to go out. And she's like, I need yeah, to like yeah, travel and like get my business going and like, you know, be, you know, like do you know, like, but Nadia stuff. too, but Nadia's like, I love my job. Like I love, I love what I do all day. So like, I love my job and like, I want to keep doing that. So like, I feel like, you get that with Nadia also? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it seems like Vyasa loves his job. Like, you know, it doesn't seem like he's like, man, I hate working. He, do- he does. He says in the first episode that he's on, he's like, I have the coolest job. Yeah. So. But I think that he. Right. But he just doesn't, you know, it, it's not. He's on a school. Not- well, he's on a school schedule. So that's convenient, you know. But I think he loves those kids. And I think the kids feel it they feel the love that he has for them because you can see that it's in the first episode you can see that it's reciprocated which means that he's going to be i mean man he's going to be the best dad can you imagine if the officer's your dad he's going to be the best dad no um oh my god he makes so many terrible dad jokes like a lot oh my god all of them all the jokes i'm telling you i'm married to him (laughs) he's downstairs he makes all the jokes (laughs) 
I was just saying the other day, I was saying all the things that, that my Michael pronounces incorrectly. I'm like, I think it's when you become a father, you just start doing stuff like that. Um, so, so yeah, I, I am so excited. So next week, next Friday, we're going to be reviewing the final two. I feel like I'm going to be really sad when this ends. I imagine, will there, will there be another season? I don't know. Um, but I really, really enjoyed reviewing this and then we will find other things to review and other topics to have. Pranima is going to be a staple on here for sure on our, our podcast. Just don't make me rewatch Jerry Maguire because I hate that movie. Oh my God. No, no, no. First of all, we, we need to do reality bites prior, like as two Gen Xers, I mean, this is going to happen. Yes. My two favorite like Gen X movies, actually we should do both. My two favorite Gen X movies are reality bites and singles. Yes, we have two singles. Yes. The way a far superior Cameron Crowe film to Jerry Maguire. But I have to say, I was about to make a really bad Corona joke, but like my Sharona, my Corona, <laughs> I feel like we need to do <laughs> And both drink Corona. I mean, I think we... the funny, so I haven't watched Reality Bites in a long time, but I think the reason we started talking about it is because like back in the day when the movie was out, like everybody was like, oh, Ethan Hawke, like what, you know, like that character was the one that you were like, oh, like who like. And, like, I think if I watched it now, I'd be like, oh, my God, what a jerk. That's why. Like, you know, like, yeah. yeah. But they're both so, both singles and reality bites are so, so important for us to discuss because singles has, like, that video dating stuff. Oh, my God, stuff, the best. Which is so important. But, yes, Ethan Hawke is, like, the epitome of, like, who we thought was just, like, and, and it was it was Ethan Hawke versus Ben Stiller. Right. And Ben Stiller was super nice, had a job, like was just like a good guy. And like he was like obviously gonna be rejected. Everyone was like, ew, who would want to be with him? And Ethan Hawk was like never showered, like was really smart, but was never gonna have a job. Well, and was like kind of a dick to her. Right. Was was sleeping around behind her back and like everybody he was the guy that we were supposed to go after. Yep. But let's not ruin it for everybody. <laughs> We're going to have a whole podcast on that. So um, as if we couldn't make this podcast any longer, <laughs> that's what we have for you guys tonight. Um, well, it's not tonight, maybe when you're listening to it. But whenever you're listening to this, have a great rest of your day. And we'll speak to you guys next time. Bye. Can't wait. Bye. Thank you for listening to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Successful Single Female. Check out our website at www.successfulsinglefemale.com or check us out on YouTube at Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle. Have a wonderful day and don't forget to not settle.